good worship set. Amen. I, if, you, if you don't get the email, having the worship set emailed to you, do that because I think it made a difference for me personally. All right, no show of hands. No show of hands. Just clarifying. Don't nobody raise your hand. Okay? Bill, keep your hand down. In the last 19 months, how many of you have gone to a doctor's office or a pharmacy or a large group gathering or anything like that, concert, anything? Again, don't raise your hand, okay? I have gone to a doctor's office and a pharmacy quite a few times over the last 19 months, and you can't ask me why because you break HIPAA laws. <laughs> Every time I went, though, I'm going to the same place. There's two doors before you get in there, and there was somebody sitting in between those two doors, and, of course, they had a mask, and we were required to go in with a mask. And that person would ask the typical COVID questions. You've probably heard them by now. If you haven't, you're living under a rock, all right? Questions like, in the last 14 days, have you been diagnosed with? Tested for or treated for COVID? The answer to that is, you know, when you go in. Have you been exposed to somebody who has it? Have you had any of the following symptoms? Coughing, fever, loss of taste, smell, trouble breathing. Why are you here was the question they'd always ask at the end of all the questions. And, you know, there was some other questions. And I went pretty regularly to this, uh, this doctor's office slash pharmacy, and I got to know the questions. And there was one Sunday I came in, not one Sunday, excuse me, one day I went to the office, and I was in a rush. And I was not nice. Yeah, oh, like I, I still feel bad about it. I walked in, and the, the person opened her mouth. I couldn't see it because it was behind a mask, but uh, have you? And I'm like, no, 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 and I'm going to get a prescription. And her eyes just got big, and you could just see, like, that hurt. Like, she does not want to be there asking these questions over and over and over again to different people every single day. And I immediately felt convicted. I wasn't valuing her as a person. Ever since then, I've been extremely purposeful, extremely cautious to not rush through the questions. Wherever they're asked, I don't rush through the questions. And today, I don't want to rush through the questions either. You'll see what I mean in just a second. Let's ask God's continued presence for his time in the Word. And Lord God, uh, I know I pray this just about every Sunday, but every time we open up your story, you can talk to us. And we are uh, coming expectant today, wondering what you're going to say, who you're going to say it to, how we're going to be affected, what we'll be reminded of. Would you help us, Lord, not to rush through the questions today? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, we start a two-week series on the sacraments. Say sacraments with me. Sacraments. sacraments. Yeah, one more time. Sacraments. Yeah, you guys said it well. That's a big word. It's a churchy word. It's a word that a lot of people think, huh, what does that mean? Does that have something to do with another faith tradition? Maybe Catholicism. Sacraments, simply defined, are common earthly material things that point us to spiritual realities. So common, everyday things that point us to spiritual realities. Jesus told us to practice two sacraments, the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of communion. This morning, we are going to look at and practice the sacrament of baptism. As I started studying for this week, I thought to myself, let's just let's go with a normal sermon. Let's look at uh, Acts chapter 8, the, the great story of the Ethiopian eunuch. It's one of my favorites that has to do with baptism. And I'm going to preach a normal sermon. I'll look at the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and the how, and we'll, we'll talk about it like that. 
And then after that, I'll introduce the, the people who are getting baptized, and I'll ask them the standard questions that we, that we have in our little book of discipline, which is just a fancy way of saying this is uh, how we kind of practice different elements of our faith. And I'd ask them them questions, and then, and then I'd baptize them. But as I started thinking about that, I thought, no, if I do a normal sermon and then ask the questions, there's a good chance I would rush through them. And I don't want to rush through the questions this morning. So I'm not going to. Because this morning we get to experience something material that's earthy, water, combined with something holy, baptism. So we're going to be taking part in sacrament today. It'll be a sacramental morning. Tain and Thorin, several months back, came to their parents and said, hey, we're, we want to talk about getting baptized. We're interested in that. Tain and Thorin, guys, would you guys just stand on the chairs? I don't normally ask people to stand on the chairs, but they're... They can do that. Go ahead, stand up, turn around and wave at everybody. This is Tane and Thorne. For our friends that are watching online, you get to see them up there. That is not them practicing getting baptized. <laughs> Just clarifying, that's them swimming, okay? Uh, thanks, guys. So a couple of months back, they came to Tim and Christy, and they said, we're interested in being baptized. So they've been talking about it as a family. And then we got to talk a little while ago. Um, I was so excited when I heard that because when Tim and Christy came to First Church, it was just Tim and Christy. Right? That was over 13 years ago. And then all of a sudden, it was Tim, well, it wasn't all of a sudden, it was like nine months. I, I know that, okay? Um, then it was three of them, and then it became four of them, and then it became five of them. And I've had the honor, the privilege to be able to, to dedicate each of their kids to the Lord. And as part of those dedications, I was thinking about that, we always pray for the kids, and we pray that they would come to an early and living and saving faith in Jesus Christ, and that they would take next steps in their walk with Jesus. And what we're witnessing today is an answer to those and so many other prayers. So it's thrilling to me to be able to baptize these two at the end of our service uh, before I baptize them, I'm going to ask them five different questions, and I just want to go over those questions with us, because perhaps you're sitting there and you've never been baptized, or perhaps you didn't really understand why you got baptized or what the questions that the pastor asked even meant. So we're going to look at those today. The first question is this, is it true that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you are here to be baptized in his name? I talked to these boys and the rest of the family on a Zoom call 10 days ago. And they got to answer these questions so they know what's coming. All right? With this question, you never want to assume anything. All right? Just because somebody lives in Seattle, you don't want to assume that they're a Seahawks fan, right? <laughs> if they're not, they should move. Just, <laughs> just saying. Okay? Just because somebody sits in a garage doesn't make them a car. Just because somebody sits in the green chair on a Sunday morning does not make them a follower of Jesus. All right, so this is why we asked this question. We want to know, have you sought that relationship with God? My old pastor used to say, God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. So just because Tim and Christy follow Jesus doesn't guarantee that their kids are going to follow Jesus. So this is why we asked that question. All right, in the story of the early church, the apostle Paul and his buddy Silas, they got into a little bit of trouble in their ministry. And they ended up getting put in jail. All right. Late that night, around midnight, they had their iTunes cranked up, and they were singing, and they were praying, and this miraculous uh, earthquake happened. And God opened the doors of the jail, and the jailer woke up from his snooze, and uh, he was scared because he thought all the, all the prisoners would have escaped. And he, he uh, reached for his sword. He was about to fall on it, but then Paul screamed out. 
He screamed out this in Acts chapter 16, verse 28. He said, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. So the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they shared the word of the Lord with him. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone else in your household. And it says they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. What must I do to be saved, he asked. Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He must have meant that because he told the church in Rome something very similar. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, I believe it's on the screen. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. By asking this to Tim and, uh, to Tim, excuse me, sorry. To asking this to Tain and Thorin, I'm going to get that wrong again, I just know it because I got in my head now. Tain and Thorin get to publicly declare their faith in Jesus. Now the second half of that question, are you here to be baptized in his name? We ask that part too because we want people to know that this is an act done in obedience to Jesus. It's something Jesus told his disciples to do before he went back to heaven with his, uh, with, uh, to live with his father. All right, you guys know the end of Matthew 28. Jesus called his disciples and he told them, I've been, been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, and know this, that I'm with you always till the end of the age. By saying yes to this question, when I ask Tain and Thorin later, they're saying, yes, I want to be part of Jesus' team. I want to be part of Jesus' family. They already are. They're just confirming this publicly. I want to be part of Jesus' work on earth. What we do here is all about Jesus. It's okay to say amen to that. What we do here is all about Jesus. Therefore, we ask people, are you here to be baptized in his name? That's the first question. All right, the second question is this. By being baptized today, do you agree that you want the world to know that you are a Christian and that you intend to live for Jesus all the days of your life? There's a lot of words in that question. There's a lot of words in several of these questions. But ultimately, what that question is asking is, who do you belong to? Which was great because when I was on a Zoom call with Tane and Thorne and their family 10 days ago, I said, why do you want to be baptized? Oh, Tane stepped up to the mic, the little computer mic, and he says, I want people to know I belong to God. And I'm following God. I didn't have anything to add to that. I really didn't. Asked Thorne the same question, said the same thing. They are here because they belong to Jesus. They're saying they want to order their entire life around Jesus. Now, soon after the Holy Spirit had fell on his disciples and those other people gathered in the upper room that were praying, the Holy Spirit descended, right? And then a crowd gathered outside because they were talking in these different languages. And Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, saw the crowd and he thought, huh, here's an opportunity. Let me go out and talk to them. So he did. Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 37 to 39 says this. Peter's words pierced their hearts, what he shared with them. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? 
And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise to you, to your children, and even to the Gentiles, to all who have been called by the Lord our God. Peter spoke to the group a little while longer, and then a large group, a very large group, declared right then and there, hey, I'm in. Like, I want to I be baptized. You said we need to be baptized, I'm in. Like, can we do it now? This is in front of everybody. All right? Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Doing that in that day was risky. Okay? Because Jesus was this controversial guy. It was, people still remembered that he got killed. All right? It wasn't all that long before this happened. So these people, these 3,000 people who are raising their hands saying, I'm in. I want to follow that Jesus guy. They're taking a risk. They knew that there was a chance they'd get kicked out of their local religious establishments. They may get booted out of their family. They may lose their jobs. It was a risk for them to do this, but 3,000 people raised their hands and said, dunk me. I, I, I want to follow this Jesus guy. Tain and Thorne, let me tell you something. The world that you're living in, the world that you're growing up in, won't always like that you're following Jesus. Okay? There's going to be times where you have friends that come to you and say, that's crazy. That's made up. That's not true. There's going to be times where people argue against what you believe. I'm just telling you how it is. All right? And there's going to be times where those arguments sound real convincing. And you may have questions. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't rush through the questions. Don't rush through the questions. Ask those questions. Okay? Because that's where our faith begins to grow. What you're saying today when you're, when you're being baptized is that, yes, I'm following Jesus, but that I'm willing to wrestle with the questions for the rest of my life. You're not saying you're never going to doubt your faith. You're not saying it's never going to be hard. You're just saying, I'm willing to wrestle, and I'm willing to wrestle with Jesus with the rest of the people that are walking life and faith with me. All right? So don't rush through those questions. You got it? You can just nod. Yes, indeed. All right, perfect. That's two. What comes after two? Say it with me. Three, you guys are a smart group. I know that. I know that. Third question is this. Do you believe that the whole Bible is God's word provided for us to learn from and follow? I don't know if a pastor is supposed to say this, or maybe more pastors should say this. There are things in here that I don't like. There are things that rub me wrong in here. I've been reading in the Old Testament prophets lately. <laughs> Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah. There are parts of God's interaction with people around that I just think, God, really? Why? Wow, that's not the God I, I want to, I think I know. But listen, I can't pick and choose what's in here. As a Christian, as a, as a church, as a, denominational, uh, as a denominational tradition, we believe this whole book was inspired by God and that it can be used for us to learn and grow from. We don't have to like the things that are written, but we can learn from them and grow from them. Ultimately, if we zoom out from the smaller things that unsettle us, we'll see the big picture and we'll see that all of this, it points to Jesus. It really is that clear. It all points to Jesus, even the stuff we don't like. All right, there was a guy named Philip in here, one of the original 12 disciples, who was telling a bunch of people about Jesus, sharing Jesus' story, and a lot of people were getting excited and believing. 
Now, one day, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, hey, go over there and run next to a chariot. I would have liked to have seen that. It's one of my favorite passages, uh, Acts chapter 8. Here it is. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the prophet of Isaiah. All right, that's Old Testament. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along next, uh, next to the carriage. So Philip ran over. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Well, the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked Philip. He said, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture in Isaiah, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Now, you see it in there, right? Obviously, F Philip and the, and, the, and the eunuch didn't have this, you know, leather-bound, nice little uh, silver lining on the side. They didn't have that. He was reading from a, probably a scroll, all right, of the Old Testament uh, that the Jews believed were their scriptures. My guess, though, is that when, when Philip was explaining the good news, because it talked about him telling the story of Jesus, he was telling the story of much of what we read in the Gospels. And he probably told this eunuch, he said, hey, the last thing Jesus told me was that if people believe, we should baptize them. And the eunuch says, there's a puddle. Let's go. Maybe it was a stream. Maybe, maybe it was a pond. I'm not sure. But the eunuch, because of the stuff that was brought forth from this, said, I believe. It pointed to Jesus. Tain and Thorin, again, someday you guys are going to be reading Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Revelation. And you're going to be like, I don't get it. I say that, and I've had like 13 years of real expensive education. All right? You're going to say, I just don't understand. I wish there was somebody here who could help me answer my questions. Don't rush through those questions either. Okay? Because somebody, whether or not they know the answer, can at least walk through the questions with you. That's the third question I'm going to ask Tane and Thorin in just a little bit. Fourth question is this. Will you ask God to help you make good decisions in order to avoid temptation and sin. I remember we're talking about baptism, right? Not too long ago, like seven minutes or so, so you should remember, I was talking about a guy named Peter, one of Jesus' best friends. Peter had stood in front of this group of 3,000 who publicly got baptized, but do you remember what he said they needed to do before they got baptized? Anybody that starts with R and rhymes with epent? Oh, thank you. Good. Good. Yes, he told them to repent. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. A few days later, Peter said the same thing in front of a whole different crowd. 
This is Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Guys, this wasn't something Peter was just saying, hey, these guys are going to be part of the Jesus club. They have to act a certain way. This wasn't like a secret handshake type of thing. This was something that Jesus had been saying since the very beginning of his ministry. One of the first things he said was this in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time promised by God has come, Jesus announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Now, I love the simplicity of this question, the wording of it. Will you help? Will you ask God help you make good decisions in order to avoid temptation and sin? Here's why I love the simplicity of this. Because since the day Tain was born, and then all three kids later, I've been hearing Tim and Christy use this same language. All right? These are boys. They don't always make good decisions. Sometimes even on a Sunday morning, I got to hear Tain, Thorn. Are you making good decisions right now? They would do it in a much kinder voice than that. <laughs> While they were in front of other people. I don't know how it was at home, but I raised boys. Are you making good decisions? If the boys weren't, they would have a decision. Do they keep doing what they're doing or do they turn from what they're doing? That's the heart of repentance, turning from the wrong directions we are going. Tain and Thorn, I know every once in a while I'm talking to you because this is because you're being baptized. Listen, later today, probably tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, you're going to be tempted to do stuff wrong. You're going to be tempted to sin. Just how it is. I've got decades of practice being tempted. All right? So what I want to encourage you guys to do is make it a habit first thing in the morning to say, God, I need your help. It's as simple as that. I need your help. I can't do this on my own. And you know what? God's going to help. That's why we ask a question like this. Will you ask God to help you make good decisions? All right. All right. All right. Uh, ben, can you run downstairs and tell the, uh, the City Lights people that we're about to start doing a baptism? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Fifth and final question. Will you agree to attend and participate in the church as often as you can to learn how to love God and love people. Will you agree to attend and participate in the church as often as you can to learn how to love God and love people? When Moses was telling the Israelite people, this is what it needs to look like for you to follow God, this is what he said. He said, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is alone. He's one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Tim and Christy, you guys have done this well. You've done this while we applaud you for what you've done to get the boys to this point. Grandparents, extended family, you guys have done this well too. What you guys are witnessing today is what the Apostle Paul told his young mentee, aptly named Tim. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul says this to Tim, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first 
that were first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you guys. I always say that somebody's first church is their family. And the first church they need to attend and participate in is their family. But then when you start following Jesus, when you get baptized in a church with a bunch of other people around, you're entering into this, this body of believers and you enter into a bigger family of faith. And all of a sudden, you get more family to worship with, more family to help grow you, more family to say, hey, hey, Tane, are you making a good decision right there? <laughs> you won't have to do that as much with Tane because he's in junior high and all junior hires make good decisions. Tana Thorne, you guys, I know you are here. I mean, for all your life, you've been here on Sunday mornings. And we're excited that you've been part of attending and participating in the church. But it gets bigger than that. Now, something I like to do when we're baptizing young kids is actually kind of partner them up with somebody who's not their parents, because that's their first church, right? But then someone who can continue to walk life and faith with them. So when I was talking to Tana Thorne on the, on the Zoom call 10 days ago, I said, hey, who, who do you connect with? And it was great because they both kind of paused for a second. I think Tane even went like this. I connect with Mr. Aaron, he says. Mr. Aaron's a rocket scientist. Tane actually happens to be quite smart as well. Mr. Mr. Aaron is flying back from Kentucky today, so he doesn't get to be here. But I was like, that's a, that's a good connection. That's a really good connection. So then we asked Mr. Thorne, Mr. Thorne, who do you connect with? Oh, he didn't hesitate at all. Mr. Jason! Mr. Jason and Thorne have a very similar personality. <laughs> you are making good decisions. You absolutely are. Here's what's cool about this, okay? Like three years ago, our children's ministry director gave magnets with our kids on them and kind of dispersed them amongst different people. Jason has had Thorne's magnet on his fridge for three years praying for him. Thorne on his own said, I connect with Mr. Jason. Mr. Jason's prayers for the last three years have helped lead Thorin to this moment. Okay? So here's what's cool, boys. There's going to come times when you got questions that you don't want to ask your parents. I mean, not that they're bad questions and not that your parents wouldn't know the answers, but that you want to ask these other guys that you connect with. I talked to both of these guys this last week, and they are thrilled to be able to walk life and faith with you. These are the perfect people for you guys to ask these questions to. They're not replacing your family. They're just coming along in addition. Because a big part of our life and faith as followers of Jesus is this gathered community. And it's not just gathered on a Sunday morning. I mean, we've got people gathered online as well. There's, there's smaller gatherings. This, this is part of our faith that we live out. And we need to be living that together. You notice on Acts chapter 2, verse 41, if you remember back that long, it did not say that those who believed what Peter said got baptized and then went home and never talked to anybody else again for the rest of their lives. And just listen to Peter. No, it says they, they, uh, they were added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. And I don't just mean they probably had their names written down in a membership book. I mean they added to the church. Which means they used their gifts, their skills, their, their passions to make the church better. And I am so excited to see you two using your gifts and passions and strengths to make the church better. Because you guys are additions to this church. And we're so excited for that. All right, by saying yes to this question, boys, you are saying you will be an addition to the church. Whether it's in a gathered community inside these walls or to, to the gathered communities that are spread outside. 
there's a lot of life, a lot of ministry, a lot of Christianity that takes place in the other six and a half days a week. All right, and there you have it. Uh, we've got five questions that we are going to ask these boys. That makes sense? Boys, it makes sense? You remember your answers to all the questions? Okay. Adults, does this make sense to you? Okay. Do you have any questions I can't answer? No? Good. Thank you. Let's, let's do a baptism. All right. Let's, let's do this. Give us one second to get our microphone unplugged. doesn't help me very oh man I put hot water in there this morning too oh yeah really hot really hot all right all right all right hey so when I talk with Tane and Thorne and here's what's great hey Tane wave right up there because we got people who are online watching too all right this is great when I talked to Tane and Thorne I, I told them that there was so much more than just understanding baptism in your head that there was also symbolism Okay, and symbolism essentially is uh, our actions lived out, right? So Tana, two of the ways that we talked about symbolism, one of them was this. When you go under the water, it symbolizes you dying with Christ. And when you come back up out of the water, it symbolizes you being raised with Christ. So it's like your old self is going under and your new self is being raised. All right? Good. So I'm going to ask you those five questions that you've already known and that I can't see anymore. So, move this right here. Perfect. I'm going to ask you those five questions. If you give me your answer, you don't need to use the mic. Okay? And then we're going to have your dad pray for you. All right? So, Tainer. So excited to ask these. Is it true that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you're here to be baptized in his name? By being baptized today, are you saying you want the whole world to know that you're following God? Do you believe the whole Bible is God's word and that we can learn from it and grow from it? Will you ask God every day as best as you can to help you make good decisions so that you can avoid temptation and sin? And will you agree to attend and participate church as often as you can so that you can learn how to love God and love people? Yes, even if that means you get a few extra crazy uncles. <laughs> Not pointing any fingers. Yes? 
Perfect. Chrissy, can you lay a hand on him? God, I thank you so much for blessing Christy and I and the rest of our family with him, for entrusting him to us. And um, we thank you for the journey that he's taken so far, and we pray for the journey that you have for him in the future, God. Um, We lift him up to you, and we thank you for filling him with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Tane, because of your confession of faith, and your desire that you have expressed to be baptized in Jesus' name. It is now my great honor and pleasure to do that. All right, Thorin, doing all right, bud? Okay, a lot of people out there, huh? Can you wave the camera too? Because there might be friends of yours that are watching. Fantastic. Thorin, one of the other ways that we talked about the symbolism is that uh, when we get baptized, it's kind of like we're kind of like we're dirty before we got mud and stuff, but when we go under the water, we get clean. So very similarly, as we're being baptized, the symbolism is the dirt from your sins is being washed away, and Christ is making you clean. So that is what we're doing. All right? I'm going to ask you the same questions that I asked your brother, and I think you know the answers to them. Yeah. All the other littles know it too. Perfect. Thorne, is it true that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that you're here to be baptized in his name? By being baptized today, do you agree that you want the world to know that you are a Christian? Very good. Do you believe that the whole Bible is God's word and we can learn and grow from it? (laughs) Will you ask God as best as you can every day to help you make good decisions to avoid temptation and sin? And do you agree to attend and participate in the local church so that they can help you learn to love God and love people. Very good. Let me have your dad pray for you. Father God, we thank you so much for Thorin, the joy and the excitement for life that you've given him and for entrusting us to raise him knowing you, God. We also pray for uh, his journey in the future and also pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, God. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
the Son, and the Holy Spirit.